0: Hey, you. So I wanna talk about uh, something that, that's a little bit heavy for both of us. Uh, yeah. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, yeah. has passed away recently and I wanted to talk to you about
1: what she meant to both of us. Yeah, very recently as of this recording, not, not many days ago. So, you know, still very, still very fresh, her passing. And um, lots of reflection over the last couple of days about uh, just all of the accomplishments Um, that she's had in her current, all of the, um, all of the ways that she's influenced you or I. There's been a lot of incredible
0: writing that has come out of uh, people talking about the impact that Justice Ginsburg has had on them as women, on uh, individual in terms of uh, legislation, in terms of policy. And I think as Canadians, as, as, Canadian women, uh, you know, in in Canadian in my case. But either way, the point is that from a legislation and policy perspective, the things that Justice Ginsburg did were perhaps not directly impactful. But as a woman and as the things that she accomplished and what she stood for and the things she fought for, she Mm. was just this figure in the feminist lexicon and and it didn't matter what part of the world you were in it doesn't matter that she was not on your supreme court she was an important person if you were a woman
1: absolutely and you know fortunately over the last decade there's been lots of there have been tons of books written about her That there Mm -hmm. is lots of places that if, if if we're you know throughout this conversation as we're talking about her if you're looking for more information, because there, we, we could never cover in an episode all of her accomplishments, all of her history. But there are a lot of books about her that exist. Um, and there's films about her as well, tons of interviews that she's done. So we are fortunate, even though she's not around anymore, to still have access to all of that information, like interviews, her speaking specifically, um, and up, up until very recently as well. Uh, I read an article over the weekend that um, was written in January of this year. Um, yeah so she, she there 's lots of stuff about her uh, out there, so you know I encourage people to if you don't know or if you haven't read about her um, even if you just want a little bit more information there's a, plenty of information either online in videos or in articles um, but there's also books if you want to deep dive because i mean she 's a woman who's whose history um, and and career you could spend days in and still not fully absolutely. Grasp or
0: There was a great article that uh, Dahlia Lithwick had written for The Atlantic uh, Mm. early 2019. And there's a quote that's been uh, doing the rounds. And I came across it in a New York Times article, which Mm. was, uh, Today, more than ever, women are starved for models of female influence, authenticity, dignity, and voice, and hold up an octogenarian justice as the embodiment of hope for an empowered future. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and that kind of tangentially made me think of a a Twitter post that I had read uh, about her passing, which was about basically amounted to. It's kind of tragic that the hope of a nation's women rested on the fact
1: that an eighty-seven-year-old woman was not immortal. Yes, that is that I did see similar things uh, over over the weekend as well, and the amount of of mass panic at her passing. And, and that's, it, that's so like, how tragic is that, Alan? How tragic, like, it's so tragic. When, when I, she
0: passed, you you should be able to celebrate her accomplishments. You should be able to mourn her passing. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be, your first reaction shouldn't be one of fear and panic.
1: Yeah, a lot of the, like, I, I saw a lot of posts like from, again, from Americans who, you know, are leading into uh, an election of um just immediately, like oh i guess so we're screwed now and i'm like what like (laughs) one one woman's passing and by the way just to mention this to add to the context she was not young she was as they pointed out she was 87 they could not have possibly thought she would live forever and yet they've done nothing in preparation for you know all the things that she's fought for her entire career absolutely the the, the fight didn't didn't start with her it won't end with her but it's almost like they for like, well, what are we going to do when she isn't here to lead us? I'm like, she shouldn't be your only leader now. Absolutely, absolutely, like, and it's and, and to your point, it's not the first
0: time these things are being fought for. And frankly, no. it's something that I feel like, I feel like with with her passing it has really kind of underscored for a lot of women and and mm. allies uh, of women's yeah. man, we have been fighting the same fight for mm. so long. I'm so tired like I, I it's just it's exhausting to have to demand basic human rights equity and equality and our mothers did it and their mothers did it before them and like Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, was an embodiment of the the decision making and policy that needed to happen to, to for it to happen at like an official level yeah, and it's I mean, just... the thing that you
1: and I talk about nowadays, about um, the, uh, like the gender pay gap. She yeah. fought for the gender pay gap in the 50s. Yeah. And yeah. She, this was uh, amongst lawyers, female lawyers. Absolutely. Uh, who, who she found out weren't being paid as much as their male counterparts. And they, ma- they all made a big deal about it. And it took them finding out, making a big deal about it, to even see... Uh, this was amongst, I believe, when she was teaching... So when she when she was a professor, um, female uh, law professors weren't being as paid as much at the school she was teaching at. And that was when, you know, they all kind of banded together and they immediately were given raises. But like that story could have happened yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. That's not new. That's something we still deal with now. Yeah, honestly, I'm really uh, I
0: I, I really enjoyed when she sort of morphed into this sort of pop culture icon a few years ago you know where where like she became dubbed the notorious rbg which actually came out of a female law student uh shana niznik and i'm sure i'm pronouncing her name wrong and and i apologize apologize for that but uh but i want to make make it a point that it was uh Came out of this incredibly strong woman who was probably like, "Yeah, no, but I'm gonna just uh, channel my inner Justice Ginsburg and go through
1: law school." (laughs) Exactly right. Like, oh my gosh. And then to that point, like it it caught on big in a pop culture way. But then in 2015, there was a book of that that title talking about her and her career. Like it put her it it pushed her back into pop culture and made her this like cemented her as this icon amongst people who don't even necessarily know her whole background her whole story everything that she's done been through they just know her as this like female powerhouse and they look to her as an example of you know she sits on the highest court surrounded by men
0: and absolutely
1: and she's a force and she's you know she's and she's a woman and a lot of people in their day-to-day when they come across come up against, you know, the quote-unquote downside of being a woman. Like, all the things we have to deal with, they can look at her as like, well, she did it, so it's not impossible. Yeah, like, the yeah. Like, trying to do, it's hard, but it wasn't... I think a lot of people forget because of where she is and how long she's been there, doing what she's been doing. It was not easy for her to do any of these things.
0: No, no. And, and the fact that she achieved this that. sort of uh, pseudo-celebrity status when, when she was older she yeah. had decades of accomplished career behind her huge huge like she was a le- as you said a legislative force to be reckoned with she was yeah. not someone that just showed up at the right
1: place at the right time oh yeah absolutely not and i mean when she so when she was in law school she was one of nine women in law in her law school at the time this is at harvard mm. and people have mentioned that a lot they say like she's one of the one of the nine uh, women at, at Harvard at the time, they forget to mention it was nine women and over 500 men. Yes. Like it wasn't yes. nine out of a class of 50. No, it no. was nine out of a class of over 550, uh, men. And that's yeah. just, they don't, they don't realize what she was up against there. And then when she, she graduated, she could get a job. Yeah. And again, yeah. this could have been yesterday. <laughs> yes. As far as, you know, what you come up against when you graduate with a high level degree, when you're minority gender in your, in your class. I know a lot of female engineers who are, yeah. their only classmates are men. They're, you know, one in their class and they graduate with a bunch of male engineers. And all of a sudden there's no jobs available to them or, the, you know, they can apply for jobs and they'll get an interview maybe, but yeah. getting the role is not easy. And this is again, like not new. Um, and she, you know, she, but she persisted as another, you know, pop culture term that's come from a woman in politics. Mm-hmm. But she fought against that. She, she, it wasn't easy for her to get in. It wasn't easy for her to go through law school. It wasn't easy for her to get into law. No, um, because up until she started actually fighting
0: for these things from a policy perspective, discrimination uh, against women was not considered a constitutional concern.
1: it wasn't something that anyone paid any attention to let alone tried to fight against oh absolutely there was no such uh discussions of like well we you know we should try to aim for gender parity at our law firm in 1961. no that wasn't a thing and there are companies nowadays where that's still not a thing however at least it's in the global conversation but back then it wasn't and she was still trying to you know find her way and and move into that and you know, um just yeah, all the things that she did.
0: Yeah. And it's it's just uh everything that she has fought for makes her into this uh icon that is really someone that that we can continue to look up to even after yeah. her passing. And it's uh it's unfortunate that there are so few women that are in That position for us to for us to look up to, but but I think that is what it means that you know because there are so few of these women, the ones that are there are just so we hold them so dear, and we hold them so closely and so preciously because they are so important to us, and that's what happened with with Justice Ginsburg. Like we we just we put her up on this pedestal. Yeah. because she was she meant so much to so many people
1: exactly not just in not just um, in her in her role but you know in her career path in her in her fight for um, equality gender equality and for you know women's rights and the enduring fight because she started fighting this like again in the 50s and 60s and mm. it's 2020 and she was still you know fighting for it now um, yeah and so you know the fact that she you know, took up the fight and then was continue continued on with it and continued to be an advocate, but in places where she could affect real change. Yeah. I think is, is part of that is because there are a lot of women who are who are up against the things that she's up against and who are persevering as well. And a lot of the reasons that they're able to do those things is because she put certain legislation in place. Absolutely. Um, she forever has, changed forward. the US legal systems landscape. Like yes. It's it's incredible. Yeah, and she's not just an icon. She's someone who's actually paved the way.
0: Absolutely, and I feel like, unfortunately, with her passing, a lot of mm. people feel like uh, so much of it is going to corrode. Yeah, and there's going to be another sexual harasser in yep. the empty seat. There's going to be like another term for a uh, sexual harasser, as you know, in, in the highest seat in the land, and and, and yep. people feel that. She was this wall that could prevent some of it from happening.
1: Your use of wall there is key because I think people just saw her as this, just because she was this such a force, they saw her as kind of invincible. Like, yeah. So no one could tear her down. Yeah. Um, you know, and of course, you know, death comes for all of us, which is maybe a dark thing to say, but it's not an inaccurate thing to say. No, it's not. Um, especially, just, especially
0: an 87 year old woman who's battling cancer like she did not that's give an inch no. she did not give an inch and she held on like till the very end
1: well and also uh, to your point this is not the first time she's fought cancer she's fought no. cancer four times yeah yeah it add adds to her mythology is on one yes! hand, um because that's just that's and her mother passed from cancer her husband had cancer while he was in law school with her Oh, man. And she, she went to classes and took notes for him so he wouldn't be behind. And he eventually beat cancer and be, went on to become a lawyer. But yeah. it was through her help for him during that time that he was even able to continue as a student and, you know, do as well as he did. And, you know, he was they always seemed to work as such a team. the The dynamic in their relationship at the time was not common, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah why it was kind of looked on that way but she's just to you know put a a kind of an idea on it like she i think the first time she had cancer was in like i want to say 1999 or 2000 i might be a little bit off but i know it was not wasn't recent she's had four she's fought cancer four times i think it was three or four different kinds of cancer each time
0: yeah like i and i i have no doubt that right now the the wound is the wound is fresh Yeah. you know and it feels like there is a bleakness and a darkness that is going to be that it feels like it is going to be difficult to overcome and, and impossible in some ways, because you had this one woman who seemed to stand for better in yeah. a sea of, let's call it a spade, bigots and, and, yeah. and uh, bigots and, and, and uh, corrupt liars uh and and you had this 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 woman who fought for so much more and so much better because what she seemed to think that humanity was capable of was so much better than what it was proving to be right now and i think with her passing a lot of people are it's it's difficult to feel like you're not fading away with her because
1: the things that yeah exactly because it wasn't like she got this far and was like, well, now that I've made it, other women will just come along. Like, she, she yeah. always had a, an idea of the future. Yes. But, like, the, the future she wanted was possible. And she was always working uh, towards that. And, I mean, I'll, I'm going to say one of her quotes that applies to that. But, I mean, this is by no means, like, we could have an episode of us just reciting quotes of hers. The one that I love the most is kind of what, one of these ones that looks, you know, again, it really speaks to how she looked to the future and was always trying to hit another milestone for women. She by no means stopped the fight when she hit the, the Supreme Court level. Yeah. Um, she was always still working towards that and she knew we weren't there yet. And I think that's part of it. But she, um, that quote that she has, it says, uh, when I'm sometimes asked, when will there be enough women on the Supreme Court? And I say nine, um, when there are nine, people love are that. always so shocked, but there's been nine men and nobody's ever questioned it. And I'm like, I exactly. love that i exactly. love that yeah it was never enough for her to like be well now there is a woman on the supreme court it's like well that's great that's the first part yeah now when there gonna be what's more? next yeah when is there going to be half and half like yeah. when are we going to get to the point where there's nine of us like it wasn't enough to she didn't just want to be a representative figure she wanted to make changes and absolutely bring other women along with her not just to bring up not just to do it but for the betterment of all women in representation.
0: Absolutely, and she understood that doing it via a, a legal framework was a way that that she
1: could have the most impact on the most number of women. Yeah, exactly. And 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 true to that point, she did. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, it was it was great that uh, that she was such a champion and Absolutely. icon to you know. And, I don't think i'm misplacing it by saying icon because you know not not just pop culture but feminist as well absolutely Um, i understand why people are shocked and it's sad why people are shocked they're shocked because they can't imagine it happening and the fact that she has the audacity to say nine yeah people think she's she's overreaching and for her it's like that's not an overreach yeah and that's what i love about her is she's 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 always she's small and quiet yes but her opinions the strength of them made up for anything she lacked in in physical presence, um, but I also feel that her you know her presence just as her because of her ideas and that audacity she has to to see these big pictures for women. It makes her feel like a strong and powerful just absolutely despite being so small. She always came across as
0: someone who's like,
1: yeah. we, have a, yeah. we have a
0: we have a job to do, so let's fucking do it because we can.
1: Yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and she's always always not just um said said the words she was all about the work like she yeah. never what she, she was recovering from cancer in the hospital and she had her laptop there yeah <laughs> and she to do work she voted from the hospital once because i remember reading about that <laughs> yeah i was like of course mm. she did because yes he would never try to, she would never make the excuse of, well, I couldn't, I was in the hospital. And if that doesn't yeah. put the importance of, of voting, no matter where you're listening to this from, if that doesn't put the importance of voting in front of you and go like, well, <laughs> um, you know. If RPG could that, do it as a recovering right? for cancer patient from a hospital right. bed. Liter- literally days of it still in the hospital. And she made a point to, to, to vote and to let people know That it's important to be not just voting because it is, you know, to be to be active in the role of your government. Because by not being active, you're just passively going along with and accepting what's happening around you as this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, You don't you don't make gains and and get ground by sitting passively and letting things happen around you. You have to be involved. um, Just in, in the way she was. She anybody in her position could have said, Well, I'm just one vote you know i i'm here i'm just one vote i don't need to do it but that's yeah. not the attitude that she had and it's not yeah. the attitude she would have wanted people to have and she wanted to be an example and yeah. if i can do it from here you can do it from your couch you can do it from your car you can do it from wherever it is you are right now if it's important to you and i think that's one of the key things people need to take away from her legacy is that if if something is important to you you will find a way yeah absolutely it doesn't matter what what you and again her role and her her road to this wasn't easy but she there was a ton of times that she could have stopped
0: because it was too
1: hard or too much work and she she started law school when she had a a 14 month old daughter yeah that's when she started law school and she uh took the LSATs before her husband did he was a year older than her oh I didn't know that that's crazy she wanted to be a lawyer she always wanted to be a lawyer and you know, she happened to meet him when they were at Cornell together. Right. But she always knew she wanted to be in law. And she took the LSATs to go to law school. And she got into law school. Um, Again, as as one of nine women, but, you know, she knew she had a, a, a basically, you know, a year, a one year old. And she knew the kind of work it was going to take to to raise a kid and go to school. And that did not stop her at all. Yeah. And that's, you know, Four years of four years at law school and not even that she was married at the time she I believe in, I read an re- interview recently um, of the nine women she was the only one who was um, married and had a kid uh, all the, of those nine women. there's a great interview. I'm forgetting where if I find it I'll link it in the uh, in, on our socials but there's a great interview with the other women who were in law school with her in that class, those other women um, or with their families because some of them have passed this was just from recently right um, like asking them what their experience was being one of nine women um in harvard law and also what their experience was with like being in school with ruth bader ginsburg um justice ginsburg my apologies um but the interviews were really interesting because all the women had very different experiences and told very different stories um but they actually uh, the person in the article who did the interviews um justice ginsburg actually found out that she was interviewing those women and agreed to be interviewed as well so they not only had other people's perspectives of that time but they actually had hers as well um and it was really interesting to hear her talk and that's how I found that she was um one of the only ones who was married and had a kid uh, while she was in in law school and that was just you know it's not a it's not a hardship but it is a roadblock that would stop some people and say well I I can't I don't have time to do both and maybe you don't and maybe that's how and that's fine if that's you but if you want something nothing will stand in your way that is very, very true, and I think
0: she embodied that uh resilience so mm. so well, and I think it it she meant a lot to a lot of people
1: I hope that this is a galvanizing moment for all yes. the women who are fighting you know with her alongside her or who look to her to to not be to not feel defeated because she 's not around, but to remember all the things. All the things she put in place so that you don't have to go over those hurdles, how much closer people are to the things that she saw as the ideal and that they just are able to, you know, mourn her properly and then take up the fight. So I think that's a good spot for us to wrap up. Um, do you want to share our socials where we go? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you want to follow us on social, I'm going to share a bunch of links to... Um, the articles that we've read, we've done so much reading on on Justice Ginsburg in the last couple of days uh, to add to all the things we know. So I'll share links to those on our Twitter at Particular Women, um, and you can also follow along with us on uh, Instagram at, at These Particular Women. Um, and yeah, go out and and read those books and find out about her, and then join join the revolution or get on board. Like, understand who she was. She was a huge figure, but she's also a woman. At the yeah. heart of it, she was just, a, she was a woman like you or I, and yeah. her greatness was was hard fought for and achieved and deserved, and I think a lot of women need that figure, and if she was that figure for, for you, then awesome. Um, her passing by no means erases all the things that she's done.
0: No, no, one. And, and as bleak as it might seem in this moment,
1: she, of all people, would want mm us to keep fighting a hundred percent she she never stopped to literally her dying day she paved the way for a lot of other icons who are going to come up behind her and who are up there as well so you know look to them and and don't feel lost that she's not here and if you aren't seeing any role models in your life then maybe it's you
0: that are that is the role model maybe it's you that should be that person that someone younger can look up to be the exactly. person that, like, 14 year old you would have wanted to look up to. Be that person.
1: Because you're certainly not the only one
0: who's looking for a person like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, that's, that's and where we should be both. Yeah, I think so.
0: So thank you so much for talking to me about this, Ali Thanks for talking to me about this. this felt Talk
1: soon. Bye. Talk soon. Bye.